some people call it your audio kind of a derivative of candid camera and and you know i would like to call it more of a more of an evolution than than just like a ripoff i know candid camera kind of had its one gimmick but you know, Neuron really took it in a different way. You know, nobody had really used that format before for like uh-huh. a game show. And uh, it never really got you involved in the way you got to really invest in like the contestants pulling off their, you know, <sighs> the things. And it, it was really more dynamic in the format. And, you know, it's really sad how, mm. you know, nobody really, I don't know why they canceled it, but nobody seems to watch these things anymore. I guess they're really more for like a cultured Nickelodeon game show watcher. Uh, I'm starting my own right letter campaign to get it back on the air if you guys oh want to sign in on my, I have a, a little. Hey, how much longer is uh, the cabin? Is that the cabin up there? Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Thank God. Like Andrew, actual, pull over. Uh, here yeah. we go. They got, like, Put the little parking brake on. Mountains of change, you see all the beautiful yellow and brown and red leaves <laughs> on the brown. ground and some of the trees, and it's, you know, just a very beautiful, relaxing place. Uh, you know, it was uh, built by Michael Binkow, who uh, produced Iran, you know. You want to release in 2008, which is also a really wow, good show you guys. Hey, you really know what? More it's, about. Pr- it's, pretty fact, cold. it's pretty cold. It's pretty cold, but why don't you get a campfire started inside the cabin? We're going to unpack. We'll be right in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I, I knew I left the key around here somewhere. I just have to go find it. All right. All right. We'll see you in a few. Oh, Jesus, I thought you'd never stop talking about Euron. I've never heard so much about Euron. We've been in the car for six hours, and that's all he's talked about. Do you think he has a problem? When <laughs> he had some traumatic happen to him when he was watching Euron. I don't know, but we uh, we have we have bigger things to worry about here. All right, so are you aware of what's happening? We are in the process of a lawsuit, correct? Yes. Because I keep getting a lot of letters, and they're not happy. We need to scare Will into not testifying. The only witness to our breach and the death of Phil. I know we tried this with Josh as a character witness, but Will is an actual witness. He's a material witness. We need him on our side. If he, so we need to scare him. If he blows a whistle on us... We could be looking at some nasty fees. Yes. Hefty legal fees. No, thank you. So, all right. We're going to get in there. We're going to talk Turtle, and we're going to scare the bejesus out of Will. Are you ready? <laughs> I've got my Put little her hand puppets here. He's going to get scared. Put her here. Let's scare Will on three. One, One two, two, three. three. Scare Will. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. What, what was that? Oh, we said hair, Will. Oh, well, you can come inside. Uh, I got the door open. Can't find right, we'll firewood, but I turned oh, the heater on. Ooh, campfire, nice and cold and chilly. I love it. Let's get in there. Ooh, I'm gonna take my shirt off and get right next to this fire. Let's get in there. Let's get in there and talk, Daryl. Let's do let's, it. Let's, let's get some hot cocoa going. <laughs> the thing coming out of the sky about a one long horn and one big eye I come Mr. Shaking in the city it looks like a purple people eater to me it was a one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater a one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater sure looks hey welcome to talk about turtle special campfire edition out in the woods middle of nowhere I've got my special friend here, Eric. Eric, welcome. Yes, Halloween edition. Super <laughs> excited to be here, but a little scared because this is a really creepy cabin. Creek. 
That wasn't me, it was the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it must be haunted. I think it's haunted. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we get a lot of creaks right here. And that voice you might have heard before, it's Will, our editor, but we brought him as a special guest because he's our good friend and we wanted to have him on the show. Hey guys, thanks for joining me out here at my cabin. It's nice to share it with other people. Thank you very much. I love the uh, decoration you have in here. It's very festive. Well, thank you. This is uh, all leftovers from uh, the New Year's party I had back in 2000. Thought I'd just leave the decorations up to get that kind of feeling of celebration all year long. Why is the year 1925? You kind of had to be there, really. (laughs) It's probably something like Practical Joker. pretty funny well you've been with us for from the beginning for through good and and very bad so it's 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 a great honor to have you fully on this uh on the show today well i haven't uh been a guest i believe since the third episode second or third episode of the program which i think was maybe the least downloaded episode of our show um it was also excuse me hang on let's back it up there i don't want to be rude it's eric and i show you're you're just kind of like you know you're you're a guest on it. Well, a, a guest who you know, uploads the show and occasionally does yeah, it's, sound it. Yeah, but, you, but don't have any, you don't have any legal ownership of it is what I'm saying. I you, mean, you don't I gain any money. Don't piss him off. I'm, a, I'm sort of a silent partner almost. Yeah, uh, okay. Sir, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Andrew, shut the fuck up. Yes, you are. You are definitely a silent partner. Um, Andrew, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Stop hitting me. Yes. Today we're talking about 303, Dominated. Ooh, baby. What'd you guys think of this episode? I thought this was actually really good. Uh, it was fine. Okay. What do you I, mean I only fine? now understand the pun in the title of the, of the episode. Very, very, very clever. Very, uh, very layered and uh, not too on the nose. Um, Eric, I well, have to say, did you have any feelings of like deja vu or uh, like feeling like you acted in this episode before? I, I did. Because Dom is I very similar like to you in looks and personality. <laughs> I, I want to give Eric a little credit and say that the personality resemblance is not as strong as the, the physical resemblance, which is... Thank you. Also, I will say that Dom is quite a bit heavier than Eric is. Oh, yeah, much heavier. I, I could not help but remark upon that. There's that uh, weird moment where they have the upper shot of him, and you can see that big fucking gut just hanging loose. Like, that's so <laughs> unflattering. Well, he walks around naked kids. through, like, half the episode. But it's just the angle they shoot him. It's like his gut is, like, reaching to the floor, basically. They were, like, filming him as a grotesque, the way, like, Orson Welles filmed himself in Touch of Evil, like, at these, like, weird, like, angles to get all of his mass into the frame. That's what they kind of did here. Just grotesque. Was, was uh, uh, Dom played by series creator Doug Allen? Was this uh, a self-insert? <laughs> or? No, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was Dominic, his actual name is Dominic in real life. Dominic Lombardazzi. Dominic of, Cooper? As you guys know, The Wire. I have been told I look like this actor. Bullets. Never in the context of Entourage, but in the context of The Wire. So I guess I, I do pass some resemblance to it. Well, let's set this episode up instead of jumping into it. Uh, Dominic is about the gang celebrating the big victory of Aquaman being the number one movie in America. Beating out mm-hmm. Spider-Mans. And now they're going back home and they find their house invaded by an old friend from a time long ago, Dom. Dom. Dom, Dom is the freshly, boy from back east, yeah. kind of, kind of a wrong side of the tracks. 
type of friend who kind of was in prison when they uh, started blowing up and, and moving out to Hollywood. There's this really long dinner sequence set to a Frank Sinatra song where the guys are kind of at a, at a maestro's steakhouse and they're kind of eating a seafood tower and this, this very lavish dinner sequence. And when the guys leave, they come back and they're, I guess, speaking of Dom, uh, you know, or, or, or illustrating Dom is kind of a sloppy, you know, who gives a fuck type of character. Their door is wide open. Um, you know, he's watching TV, you know, with his feet plopped on, on the couch, and the guys think that there was a break-in, but, you know, the break-in so, was there. My first comment about this episode is, I, I know Turtle is not a character of, like, a great moral integrity or, or, or a great wit or really any <laughs> sort of, like, positive human qualities in the first place, but uh, his, his reaction when the, 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 the entourage is going inside the house... <laughs> He, he suggests that Vince stay in the car, and uh, but his only, seemingly his only reason to do so was to uh, preserve Vince's life as his sort of meal ticket, um, <laughs> right? To, to keep this insane uh, entourage thing going. Uh, I thought that right. was kind of that might have been a good illustrative moment of his character. I guess it it, it was still it was to keep him safe, or it wasn't like you know drama. You all stay in the car. You don't want to break a hip. Turtle was like, get Vince. I need the money. I got people on my back. It was definitely cold and reductive of of Turtle, but I thought it was kind of surprisingly sharp for him, even to realize that Vince is his meal ticket. Um, You know, as as kind of cold and and reductive that is as a friend, um, I thought that that was sharp for for Turtle as a character. You feel like that that is sort of a a stroke of an of intelligence that he does not always display. Right, exactly. This is exactly. like one of the rare moments of clarity for him. Yeah, yeah. even even if it is kind of cold and, and shitty, uh, it's like, all right, well, he, he knows where the he knows where the land lays, and and that he wouldn't be anything if if Vince if wasn't only around. he could have like wedged that 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 window of self awareness open and perhaps gone through it to enter a new realm of self awareness into becoming uh, a, perhaps a better, more independent human being. But maybe that's yes. a bit much too. That door has been closed for a long time. I don't think well, you can open there, that up. We still have the Avion arc in the end of the series. That's true. Here, it's so. very wonderful. Will, let me ask you. Um, since so you've been around in some capacity of this podcast for forever, have you been watching the episodes as Andrew and I have been? Uh, I've seen two full episodes of Entourage. <laughs> the one the, on their first episode that I did and then this one. Okay. Uh, missing out. Missing out. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, what's your overall impression? Um, it seems like a pretty breezy show without stakes that always seems to end before it's even begun. <laughs> um, at enough. least by my uh, uh, estimation. Um, I don't know. There's nothing inherently wrong about that. All right, hang on. I, I gotta, go, really I gotta go take a piss. I'll see you guys in a minute. People that nobody like. What's that? I gotta take a piss. I'll see you guys in a minute. Oh, where, oh, where are you going? You, wanna, you know through. where the bathroom is? Where's the bathroom? Uh, outside, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there's an outhouse. Uh, there's no oh. running water here, so uh, you know, just try to keep your hands clean uh, the best you can. I oh, I th- well, don't worry about me. All right. Well, we'll just put out the vibe here. Also, there's no toilet paper, so you take some of these old newspapers. Thanks. I'll see you guys later. All right. So, uh, this is a really nice place, Will. Uh, how long is it? Oh. I don't, how, long, how long did you say it's been your family? 
Uh, well, I bought it, you know, about 15 years ago. Uh, I saw a listing in the paper that uh, Michael Pinkow, you know, producer of Euron, was selling off some of his properties because he was going into bankruptcy. And uh, right. I thought this was a great, you know, opportunity to both have a little place that I could get away to. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. Did and, you hear uh, that? Uh, Did you hear that? Hear what? Ah. Huh. You didn't hear that? It's probably like a, uh, maybe a ghost? I don't know. What? what? Uh, well, it might be like, the deer kind of makes these weird screams. Huh. Hey, you guys, you know, I haven't really thought about it lately, but you guys kind of jumped out on the whole sort of, uh, you know, that, that whole uh, Wing Commander thing. You guys, you, you know, you ever think about how you could... <laughs> So far. Well, uh, uh oh boy, what a piss! What a piss! Oh, uh, hey, hey, Did you uh, find the outhouse. Uh, sure. Well, Andrew, did you hear those noises when you went out there? Um, fucking spooky. Oh, the one that went like right? ah, like that. Oof. I can't yeah, do that voice. That? It's too high for me. It's, I can't go that lengths. What do you think that was? Ghosts, I bet. You think this cabin's probably haunted, right? I oh, think it's haunted. Taunted. I'm scared. Will, are you scared? Uh, well, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, you know, sitting here in my chair, uh, in my precious uh, home away from home. I feel pretty comfortable, really. Uh, how you guys feeling? I don't know. Oh, I'm my cat's scared. freaking me out, too. Ooh, spooky. Oh. Yeah, well, I just want some uh, Mr. Pib. I got yeah, some cans here. Uh, they're from 2001, oh, but I think they're probably still good. Ah, there we right, go. I'll take, I'll take one of those. Hey, here's two, Will. Bottoms up. Hey, you guys are all right. <coughs> it's good. Oh, man, do you think the ghost made uh, you choke that? I don't know, but uh, let's... Enough about the ghost, enough about Wing Commander. Let's, let's move on to greener pastures. Let's... Get back into this episode. Get back into this episode. <laughs> He's funny, this one. Hey. <laughs> 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 no, we're, we're, we're the best friends. Best yeah, friends. Yeah, best friends. friends guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're having the Rat Pack play because it's uh, Sinatra, yes. right? Right. And they're all in suits and they're all best dressed to the nines. And it's very... Are they trying to make a comparison to the Rat Pack in the Entourage group? No. I, yes. Uh, but then as they're leaving, there's this really awkward shot where they're all trying to, like, lumber in frame at the same time. It's yeah. like, it, I, if you're really, like, paying attention to, like, the logistics of how eight, what was there, six of them, six human beings have to, like, walk together to carry on this conversation as they're leaving the restaurant, no one would ever do that. It would just be like, all right, I'm going to follow you guys single file out. Like two here. people going we'll, behind absolutely. each other, you know what I mean? Like two, two, and, two. And we'll continue our conversation outside. They're kind of, like, trying to, like, lumber together as like this cluster of eight <laughs> they're, people they're probably like waitress. Frame at the same time there's probably some waitresses or you know waiters trying to get by and they're like yeah. sorry honey we gotta talk about some tits yeah we gotta we gotta lumber out of this restaurant all standing yeah, if next i to remember each correctly like Ari is kind of mo using his arms to kind of push people out of the way which is uh maybe perhaps beyond the uh, or, yeah, or, regular call of etiquette when maneuvering through a cloud. Well, he moves past the girl, but he looks, like, right in her eyes, like he's staring her down. Yeah, yeah, he kind of he gives her a glance, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they're definitely making Rat Pack comparisons, and then there was that awkward sort of all of them in frame as they 
are continuing a conversation. Um, but then they get back to the house, and this was a potentially start good start to a joke that this show killed, which it has done before by over-explaining itself. Turtle Turtle goes, is that sausage? And uh, Johnny goes, no, it's gourmet kielbasa. But they over-explain it, and, and the whole reason for it is that Johnny's making kielbasa for everyone, and that's where the joke lost me. Like, I think it would have just been funny if, surprise, Turtle bro. if Turtle recognized the sausage smell and Johnny was able to <laughs> specify the sausage smell with no more explanation to it. I thought that would have been a good joke, but this show is like terrified of doing anything like spontaneous or kind of weird like that. So it was just, it had to explain why that smells like kielbasa. Listen, uh, people who watch Entourage are high as hell and they're not going to be able to understand this joke. It's too complex for them. That was a good start to a joke that I liked less the more it was explained. Well, did you like that joke? Uh, was it a joke? It was pretty funny. <laughs> Until they explained it. Sure. What do you think, Andrew? Very funny. Even with the explanation? No. Right. Everything after the explanation fell flat, because, like, very long shot of them going to uh, the living room. But you think it's going to the kitchen, because they're going to the smell. So that was right. weird. Yeah, it was like, oh, does this guy, does this guy they grew up with smell like sausage? Like that was that would have been funny if they just he has like an odor, <laughs> like he has a he has a specific odor that they that they recognize. Like that that's where I thought the joke was going. Even haven't seen this episode once or twice back in the day. That's where I thought the joke was going, and I forgot that it was just oh Johnny's making sausage for them. That's why it smells like that. It, it does look just, not unlike a sausage in a casing. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. Well, I thought he was making the sausage, uh, Dom, and that's why he smelled like sausage. That's why I'm assuming happened. Because we never see the oh. sausage in question, do we? No. So He's not it eating makes anything. Even He's less not sense. It's so it makes you so angry. Yeah, it's like they had a decent joke, and they kind of explained it, but they never gave visual proof. So I don't know. It's just a bizarre moment. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been funnier if this guy had this tangible aroma that these guys recognized after all these years. Like they, they just take a big whiff and he goes, could it be? Is it Dom? Sausage right. boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, that would have been funny to me. And like but he hates people calling him sausage boy and he gets so pissed at like, don't you fucking call me sausage boy. Yeah, he's like never the butt of a joke, yeah. Dom. He's like that alpha sort of, you know. He's gotta be character. King Dick. King Dick. Um, and we get... Eric's uh, nickname from back home fairly early on. You guys remember that? Uh, e. coli. Ebola. Uh, yeah. That was what Vince mistakens it as a joke, I yeah, assume. Vince, Vince yeah. makes a mistake. Very funny joke, by the way, where he goes, yeah, E. coli, right? And he looks yeah, around nervously to see if anyone's laughing. No one does. No one laughs. What's that? I thought he was being sincere and, and betraying his normal sort of uh, Vince stupidity. Uh, or vapidity and not just totally not getting it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, I think he just really mistook the name of the joke for a different disease. <laughs> um, Do you think he thinks he's an actual disease? He might. <laughs> but he thinks he is actually a disease. <laughs> yeah, that's why you call E. coli, right? You poison people. <laughs> that's what a disease is, right? <laughs> I'm about to hack in the movie a bunch of diseases. But, um, that's basically, like, the main conflict for this episode. They have this friend who's kind of a, you know, a troublemaker, you know, not, not Bad very boy. polished for Hollywood. And, um, he's a convict. He apparently went to prison because he took the heat off of Vince for having some weed, and then he punched a cop. That's what I got. Very at. convoluted in the way they told that to the audience. Uh, 
Was it? I yeah, because they go clear. like they were trying to explain it to her. Like, I feel guilty. Why? Because he had two joints on him, and he was like, but then he punched a cop. You're like, what? And then he's still uh, going away for a long time. What was it? Seven years? Eight years? Five. Five or six? Yeah, I think it was five. Yeah. No, ninety-eight, wasn't it? That he got arrested. Is that what they said? Yeah, that's why I remember. Oh, I missed I missed the year. I just thought he said five years. I've been locked up in the joint for five years. He keeps making mention to how he hasn't been with a woman and Yeah, that's right, he just said five years. Whatever it was, he hit a cop apparently and maybe assaulted on an officer. He did he did a bit for that. And now he's back and he wants back in on the old group of dynamic and the group is not having it. Uh, initially everyone's very thrilled except for E, who was kinda of trying to play like the I don't know, responsible whatever you want to call one. him. The responsible one or the leader, he's very aware, like, of, oh, is this, is he, is he serious? Does he really want to be friends? Or is he just kind of like a hangers-on, trying to, like, Well, come he back basically into plays the role of the wet blanket, as usual. Yes, basically. Um, and the guys yeah, are overjoyed. Kind of to mm, definitely. He's a little shit. That's what he is. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a part where he's, like, just crying, like, Wow, well, are you staying, Dom? Yeah, he asks him, like, immediately, like, oh, when are you leaving? Like... <laughs> And the guys notice that They're, they call him out for being kind of cold and icy towards the guy. And yeah, well, what I love about this episode a lot is how quick E and Drama are turn on E like as fast as they can. Like, yo, shut the fuck up, E, you piece turtle, of shit. Tur turtle and Drama, you mean? Yes. What, did I say who did yeah. I say? You said E and Drama. They're uh, the three. Uh, the three of them, aside from E, Turtle, Vince, and Drama, are all about bringing Dom in. They're overjoyed to see him. Oh, it's going to be like we're back home. Um, so on and so forth. Our, our old group dynamic is going to be uh, restored. And once this starts to not prove true, once Dom you know, is sort of screwing up the dynamic and the other guys realize this, then they finally come along to E's side. Um, well, which kind of makes... Go on. Well, the troubles begin uh, early on where he sort of almost... I think you would mean you were talking about this before, or it's where Dom is sort of a heightened personality of the Entourage group. And he's right. almost like a parody of what people think of the Entourage characters. Right. Like, this is how people would think they would act. Like, he's a right. horrible monster just going like, Hey, bitch, you got lips, I want to put my dick in them. Right. Which is an approximation of a line he says. I forget exactly what he says. Uh, yeah, he says, I, I said she had nice lips, and then someone's like, oh, and then you said you wanted to introduce her to your member, or something like that. And it's like, a lot of the things that Dom is doing, yeah, he's very, like, aggro about it, but on paper, he's really, like, what he said to that girl that prompted her to slap him, really not all that removed from things that Turtle and Drama have said to women on this yes. show. No. You know? Wait, do you agree or not? Well, no, no, I agree. that, they, that It does not... It I feels like they, you know, he, he's pretty... You know, by entourage standards, a typical—he would be a typical uh, addition to the uh, the entourage. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, guys. You guys keep going. I'm gonna—I'll be right back. Uh, okay. Hey, you want some? Uh, do you think he wants a bucket of pee, or do you have a bucket over there? Well, I mean, we have the the outhouse. I, I, there's lots of places he could go, I guess. Oh wait, we, you have an have outhouse? outhouse. <laughs> oh. Wait. Oh. oh. What? <laughs> Uh, uh, did you hear that? Uh, well, you know the house kind of settling still. The spirits uh, are here. Do you hear it? They're haunting tonight. Hey, what? Whatever happened? 
You guys really kind of stopped doing that Wing Commander uh, podcast. You guys, you gonna start that back up or? or oh, Wing know, Commander, I think gonna... that's dead. You know, because you know that guy died. <laughs> huh. I mean, oh, Jesus, how can you carry conversation with this with this horrifying nonsense going on? Because breaches a contract are no like there, there's no funny nothing funny about them. You know, it can breach a contract. Like, what are financial. you? Already, no one's breaching any contract here. Oh, oh my God! Do you hear this? This is terrifying. Uh, I, the owls kind of they they walk around the earth sometimes, but but I mean, eat the you know. Uh, my heart is pumping. Extended you a very generous hand, and you know, allowing you to get exposure by. Covering a uh, uh, wing commander so kind of thoroughly, it, oh, I mean, oh, 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 oh. it's really. You, be, uh, you know, I've been the I, I got been contacted by uh, this sort of legal team uh, that that milk nerd has been putting together, uh, Goldstein, uh, Weinstein, and and Gold Goldwine. Uh, I, I mean, they've been. I mean, they've been. They're trying to get me on the doing this this thing about testifying and. Oh. Uh, oh. Hey guys, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, you miss the spooky spirits. What you guys talking about? You guys hear that out there? Will, did you hear that? Uh, hear what? There's spirits or something in here. I, I heard them. They were scaring the bejesus out of me. Andrew, you're scared, uh, right? Oh, feel my hands. They're trembling. Oh, yeah. There are lots of nature sounds outside. Oh, you know, feel uh, our hands. Quick, they're trembling. This, this isn't nature. This is supernatural. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, the nature out here really is super. I mean, Amen. it's kind of one of the reasons I bought this place. <sighs> yeah. God well, bless America. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're sure this place isn't haunted? Well, I'm pretty pretty scared right now. I mean, I haven't really, you know, contacted Beyond. Uh, we do have a Ouija board guy if you guys want to give it a go. Ooh, or, but, that uh, would be, might be fun. Well, we'll contact the, de the, the dead beyond the stars later. Let's talk about what's really important, Dom. Well, Dom. what are your thoughts on Dom? Uh, he's abrasive, kind of scary, uh, and uh, well-endowed uh, in terms of haunch. <laughs> um, in terms of haunch. <laughs> not, not, much, not much more than that. Uh, he's going to get a lot of characters, except for he's kind of just an asshole. I, I liked how he uh, when he was giving his script to E and he talks about he read he read both of the Sid Field books. That was oh, a funny yes. line. That was a good joke. I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you guys. I kind of thought like of this while I was watching it. Do, do either of you, either currently or in your past, have you ever had a friend like Dom, like just like a kind of wrong Bad side boy. of the tracky type of friend? Well, not even physically, but just like a wrong side of the track type of friend who kind of caused trouble, who maybe as like you grew up, you realize that like, hey, maybe this is not the type of person I want around me as I grow up. No. Never? Um, no. I feel like when I was a little kid, I had friends that would probably have turned into that, but we did not keep in contact as I... Well, what, what uh, do you notice the turning signs were, Will? I don't know. I remember there was this one kid who tied my sister to a tree and we were not allowed to uh, see, hang out with him anymore. Jesus. <laughs> Elaborate on that one, please. Uh, I think he tied her a tree with like dental floss or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking jump rope, but that's a lot uh, of dental We were floss. very young children. Oh. Like fucking one year old or something? 
I mean, you know, like you know, six or seven. How old are you? Like Muppet Babies old? How old were we or am I? How old were you? Like Muppet Babies old? Uh, uh, a little beyond Muppet Babies, I, I, I think. Are we talking about Rugrats? Uh, no, more like, uh, I'm not sure what a good analog tiny, would be. Tiny Weekenders. <laughs> sure. Andrew, you didn't have any friends like that? No, I had a good boys. And good girls, if you know what I mean. Nice. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> 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 they had good characters, what I mean. We're best friends. We get a picture of how Dom might not be a good, that good of a guy to have around the house. Because in the early morning, around 5.30 a.m., Dom is uh, railing a chick very hard. Because you just yes. hear, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. At, like in the early morning, and Dom is just nailing a chick. The door is open. No yeah. care in the world. And E goes in to close the door, and he's like smiles at Dom like awkwardly. Yeah, and he very gingerly closes the door. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. It's funny, but yeah, I mean, was... I'd be like, you know, be your arms up, like shrug, like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. Um, yeah, it also been out... funny. You know how E could have scared him off if E did like a big smile and winks? <laughs> right. And he's like, it licks his lips a little bit. Like he was nodding. Interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you can tell yeah, he, he's a, a finger or something like he points at him and he goes points at Dom like you want me in there? Yeah, I'm next. <laughs> and then he comes out to make breakfast in, in the buff. He's fully naked. Uh, and that's kind of where the tension starts to be, you know, starts with the rest of the house because Dom wants to cook breakfast, which is Johnny's draw, uh, job. And they kind of have this like tug of war with the, with the I don't know cast iron skillet or whatever the hell it was. With and, the LA Cruze, yeah. I believe. Yes, very fancy. Yeah. Oh, is that what? It was? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, he wants to cook breakfast for the guys, and Johnny's like, "No, I, I, that's my job." And it's this real tense kind of moment, and that's when you know the first of many escalating moments where the guys kind of say, "All right, maybe." Well, Dom maybe goes we don't like, "I cooked for four hundred marones in the prison." I can't think I can't like cook goombas. for four, I can't cook for four goombas here. <laughs> yeah, what do you call them? Pricks? Schmucks? Uh, he had like a weird term he used. Yeah. But he called them jerk-offs, the four jerk-offs. I, I, um, I like how uh, Drama and, and Turtle, who uh, is sort of supplanted in his driving job because uh, Dom wants to drive the car for the first time yes. in five years, they are so insecure that even the barest sort of like... Uh, uh, a sort of uh, services threat. Well, like, yeah, like that that they could at, for very once in their lives not cook breakfast or not drive are so insecure that they think that, I mean, that it's a, that, that it's a huge threat to them. Like Vince is gonna realize, like, oh wait, I can get someone else to do this instead of these two assholes. Yeah. Well, I, th I thought the show kind of missed an opportunity because, like, it kind of really highlighted how expendable drama and turtles actual roles are and the show kind of could have kind of like dove into that a little more like oh this is literally all they do look how threatened they are by the fact that someone else wants to cook breakfast by someone else wants to drive the car that's pretty much all they do and they're freaking out over some other one you know some other person coming in wanting to do those things so i feel like the show missed a little bit of an opportunity to kind of like run with that and say hey these guys are yeah, they don't of, do like any soul searching. Like, oh, 
this is my life. I just cooked for right. one person. That's my That's job my in life. Right. They're not like, uh, oh, I, I need to do, look inside of myself and find the answer to what I find I need in life. So I was like, get that bitch. He's taking my job. Right. <laughs> and this episode kind of made me think of that community joke. I don't know if you guys remember from either season one or two, where I believe Abed is kind of riffing uh, about Entourage for a minute. And the, the basic point of the joke was that, oh, the guys on Entourage, they haven't defined the characters clearly enough to really identify what each of them brings to the table. And he's like, oh, well, is that the funny one or is that the funny one? Or is this the competent one or is this the competent one? And and it's like, and he, and he eventually just goes, I don't know, man, that show is sloppy. And it kind of, this episode made me think of that joke because you have this new guy coming in and messing with the dynamic. And the dynamic is that there's no real dynamic. You know, it's, okay, he's the straight man, Vince is boring as hell. And then Turtle and Drama are very, like, on this weird sliding scale of, of utility that they're easily replaceable. Who would you guys want on your entourage ultimately? Drama or a turtle or a dom? Oh, drama by far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drama, it, it doesn't seem to be a particularly shitty person, and he makes breakfast, which seems like he yeah, does a good job. And I like so. driving, so turtle hit the fucking curb, boy. Yeah, and, and, and drama does, you know, he's not as, you know, alpha macho pig, piggish as. Dom is, but we have seen drama really kind of when he gets angry or when he needs to protect his own, he can step up in the way that like, you know, a bodyguard might if he needs to, I feel like. So he's well, probably like in the this best. very episode, he's the first guy going to the house, uh, which right. one there could possibly be danger within. And Turtle's right, the first exactly. one going like sacrifice Vince. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Sacrifice E. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, He's just the least essential e member. And use him as a, a bulletproof jacket. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you want to pivot to Ari? Oh, yeah. Ari has a good pot this episode. Not bad. It's fun. It's, it's, it's light, but... It was funny. Uh, I, so, it, oh, I mean, I don't want to... Oh, oh, Jesus. Did you hear that? <laughs> pretty scary. Oh. I, I don't know what you can do. Will, I don't know how you're not more scared than you are right now. I'm pretty damn scared. Oh, what is that? That must be the locomotive of 1930. Yeah, 1925. Never stopped. They say every full moon it rides again through these woods for one for one more day to feast. But enough about the um, chills and thrills and spills. Let's get back to Entourage. You know what I'm talking about? Let's talk about uh, Ari. Well, Ari's plot's pretty good. It's about him dealing with his young daughter, and now she's getting almost a proto Mac, uh, Justin Bieber. Okay, yeah. Like, this is before well, like, Justin Bieber became Bieber. You're saying, like, a, a preteen celebrity. Yeah. Heartthrob type of Like guy. a Disney He's, Channel star or whatever. Right. Yeah. Who's, who's watching a movie with Ari's daughter, and Ari's protective nature kicks in. And uh, supposedly, this young child is supposed to take over the Agent Cody Banks franchise, which... Yeah. Oops. The Good luck immensely with that. profitable Agent Cody Brinks franchise. <laughs> uh, didn't each one of those movies make like fifty million dollars? That was Frankie Muniz, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, when I was a senior in high school, Frankie Muniz grew up like two towns over from where I grew up, and one of the places to hang out was uh, was was the Wendy's parking lot in high school. Like that's where everyone went before like if there was no party going on, we would just gather cars in this Wendy's parking lot and just hang out until we got until the cops chased us 
And up comes this big SUV with two of the, I guess, young, maybe girls who are two or three years younger than me, um, in the car. And driving it is Frankie Muniz. And that, that's, that's basically the story. It was just very bizarre. We're all hanging out. And this was after, uh, what, what was this show? Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. It was, it, I don't know if it was in the middle of that run or like right after it ended. But, you know, he was a little more relevant, uh, you know, at the time. So it was very bizarre and very, uh, very surreal that we're just hanging out in our normal spot. And here's Frankie Muniz driving around with two girls that went to my high school, just hanging out in his truck. And it was very strange. It was like a big navigator or, a, you know, an envoy or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that was it. Did you hit him up for anything? No. I was, I was we were just kind of, I think everyone was just kind of like, oh, fuck this guy, man. He's... Yeah, he's famous, but he's not, he's not all that. He ain't shit. Yeah, he ain't shit. Um, and that was it. That was my brush with Cody Banks. Your brush with the big fat liar. Brush with the big fat liar. All right. Oh, yeah. So he's taking over the Cody Banks franchise, supposedly. Uh, I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't know if he ended up doing that. <laughs> it was a very real thing that could have happened, but it didn't. Yeah, it was a and, crossover uh, setup between the shows. It was gonna, Cody Banks is gonna <laughs> cross over into Entourage at some point. It's a, it's an amusing uh, uh, little uh, a B story uh, because the kid is kind of shitty and it's pretty fun. I really liked the the first when first time you see him, he's watching uh, clips from one of his movies with Ari's daughter. And yeah. The clip is him like screaming at his mom. And slamming yeah. his door repeatedly. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> that yeah. made me laugh. And the kid's like, yeah. the director was being an ass to me this day. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this uh, issue of the Aquaman ride, and that was that's how these stories kind of dovetail. There's this Aquaman ride opening up, and he's supposed to go, this kid, because he's supposed to you know rub some shoulders with the Cody Banks people, and Ari's daughter really wants to go, and he says no, but... The kid end up, ends up going for business reasons, and that kind of brings all these stories together at this Aquaman. By the way, that I want to say, Aquaman the Ride, bullshit, garbage. Why? Why? First of all, this is a Magic Mountain. I believe this is Six Flags establishment. Am I correct in this? Uh, that's what they said. Know. Well, Six um, Flags is garbage. They make garbage rides for garbage people. It's a piece of shit place. Because you know, Flags? yes, because you know what? No theming at all. Like, well, we went to Universal Studios together. Do you remember the extensive that the theming? That happened, yes. Do you remember the extensive... Like, shut up. Do you remember the extensive theming that went on for all the rides? Like, you had a great pre-show. You had all these beautiful design of walkways that you walked through. Like, you had a whole story uh, that was explained to you when you go there. Well, that's why Six Flags sucks. It's just garbage rides. It's just... Well, I, mean, I remember all the theming that distracted from the pure visceral thrill of roller coasters, which is something that Six Flags really focuses on. You know, just the the pure, untainted experience of uh, the the sheer thrill of roller coasters and uh, getting your your gut shaken up and uh, losing a feeling in your legs. That you know, it kind of gets lost in the whole Universal and Disneyland experiences. It's it's really pure and and, and, and you know, yeah, pure pure shit. Because what annoys me about it is that it's like there's nothing going on. It's just like it could be anything, and you're like, "Oh, it's Batman, the roller coaster," and there's like maybe like a bat symbol on the outside, and that's pretty much all that does it. Yeah, it's basically what Aquaman the ride is. Just like 
They hit the big Aquaman symbol and they ride the roller coaster at the end. They just they just Literally. pasted that over yeah. over a generic roller coaster. Over the Buckaroo Banzai roller coaster, they pasted that over. Right. Uh, so wait, uh, very early in the episode, I think maybe in the first scene, they talk about the roller coaster. You know, planting the seeds for them visiting. And I think Ari says, "Have you seen the commercial for it? Do roller coasters get commercials yes, on television? They do. Well, I don't know. I feel like once in a while you'll see like a commercial. I, you know, you'll see a commercial for Six Flags, and within that like kind of template that they'll always use from time to time, they'll maybe push a new ride they have. Yeah, they had a creepy dancing man this before. One, this roller coaster had its own commercial." You know? I believe they did for Bush Gardens or something like that. Right. You probably have to be like in the state. Right. Yeah, like a regionally run commercial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Devastator. So these these stories converge. Dom uh, is still. Oh, Dom wrote a screenplay. We well, covered this. Forty pages long. <laughs> and he's like, is, "Don't mess up no pages, or I'll fucking kill you." Yeah. He wrote a screenplay when, when he was in the joint about his life. Last seven years of his life, did he say? Maybe he's locked up for seven Last years? seven years. He's still in yeah. what he said. Um, you know, and so I guess it's this, like, story And then uh, they go to a uh, gas station to go pick up, I guess, supplies or whatever. And Turtle yeah. and Drama are, like, just like, oh, you should tell him something. Boop, 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 boop. And then you see Dom just fucking stealing candy bars or whatever. He pockets candy bars. He's been out of jail for, like, three years, uh, three days. And he... Pockets a bunch of candy. I guess we're supposed to take that as he's bad news. Yeah, that's like the real. That's the breaking point. It's like, oh, this guy's a bad dude. Um, which yeah, you know, shoplifting isn't cool, but I feel like the show could have gotten its hands a little dirtier. With, <laughs> he's strangling someone in the back. <laughs> you know, with, you fucking mind close the door. Yeah. Um, he strangles that hooker that he was having sex with. Yeah, something. You know, something to. <laughs> elevate the stakes a little bit. I feel like the guys are routinely worse to people just being themselves than you know, stealing a candy bar from a chain uh, gas station, yeah. you know? Oh boy. That 7-Eleven's gonna be really hurting from that uh, <laughs> Laffy Taffy. Right. right. The Charleston shoe that he stole. Um, <laughs> uh, They're just really against shoplifting. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Like, listen, turtle, I'm cool with... <laughs> degrading woman but you start taking charleston choose wherever you please no thank you that's where i draw the line that's where i gotta draw the line this is my line um, in the sand no further um dom hits oh on jesus Donna. hang on I, I i gotta go take a dump i'll be right back oh, oh, oh no. god be careful it's oh. creepy out there yeah it's oh. kind of wet out there too yeah it is it's kind of raining it's, it's gonna rain. be a lot wetter any second so, um, so, uh, what, why, why do you keep bringing up the, um, the, the court case and the, and the breach of contract? Why, that's weird that you keep bringing that up. Uh, I don't know. I guess I hadn't really been thinking about it, but just hanging out with you guys, it kind of just puts me in mind of these messages I've been getting from, uh, the law firm and... Is that a bat? Is that a bat? <gasps> oh, yeah, you get bats around here. Oh. It's, that doesn't scare you? Bats. bats get kind of a bad rap. People think they're like vampires and stuff, but they get a see bad vamp- rap. 
that wasn't a bat. What was that? Uh, Did you hear that? Is that the is that the plumbing or something? Backed up plumbing? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh yeah, I should probably well, there is a bathroom in the house. You guys don't have to go out to the outhouse, but I bet all this I bet all this creepy stuff that uh that you've been afraid <laughs> you bet all this stuff. I bet, I bet all this, uh, <laughs> I bet all of it is probably making, uh, putting a lot of things into perspective for you. Like, uh, you know, like I'm sure you kind of want to keep your friends, you know, Ooh, out of trouble. Da, 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 da. When, well, uh, I mean, know. it's not like we really bond over very much these days. You know, you guys are off doing, you know, your own thing. I mean, I do, you know, engineer the podcast a little bit, but you right. kind of got your own kind of buddy buddy thing going. I feel <laughs> a little bit left out recently. You know? Oh, well, no. Oh, well, that's I why we're making some. Right. Well, I've been making some real contacts with the people oh, in the God. network and forging friendships, and uh, uh, it's, it's so scary. I don't. Uh, what, 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 what what sort of friendships? Well, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I was ed- I was editing all about the drama, uh, and you know, I really got along with uh, Sammy and uh, and Kathleen and. Uh, you know, or Sarah, I guess her name was. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've been, you know, I go over to Dick Devilberg's house sometimes and go swim in his pool. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And what, is, what does he have to say about what's uh, going on? Well, Much you, better. You know, we don't really talk talk uh, business uh, when we're just hanging out. But, uh, right. you know, I, I, I bet he would help him, you know. You guys kind of ripped him off almost, it seems, you know. Real spooky uh, outside. Oh, Andrew, you're back. What's uh, what was that out there? Oh, sorry, I had to really take a shit. Oh, oh that wasn't that wasn't a oh, ghost or anything. That's... Oh no, I ha- wait. Oh no, I think there was a ghost at one point, but then the rest of it, I was taking a dump. So you heard a ghost? We heard yelling. I'm assuming that. Yeah, was there was like a point where I heard yelling, and then it quickly shifted into I had to go to the bathroom very bad. Okay, so you, they're, uh, they're I can't believe it's the first time I had to take, go to the bathroom all night. <laughs> Uh, All right. I mean, uh, yeah, bathrooms. Did, huh? uh, did you shit the ghost out of your asshole? <laughs> That's funny. That's a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Ghost peppers. <laughs> that chili. Oh, chili. <laughs> ghost That's chili what peppers. Ghost pepper. Yeah. Red hot chili mm-hmm. peppers. <laughs> yeah. Flea. Anthony Kiedis. Flea. <laughs> Sugar sex magic. <laughs> magic uh, under the bridge. Styly. What? Magic under the bridge. Magic under the bridge. Californication. Right, well, magic so, under uh, the bridge. The, this episode basically ends. Yeah, yeah. on the... Cliffhanger. It does. Well, they're on the roller coaster, and uh, Vince reveals that he's making Dom the head of security. And that kind of is the oh shit moment to close the episode, because Eric doesn't want that. The guys have established that they don't want him around. And um, taken on its own, I mean, you know, I know how it how it's gonna end up resolving itself. But taken on its own, not a terrible. Because you think, know, that, oh I, wow, could a, he actually be sticking around? Yeah, like, are they gonna keep him around for like a, a season at least? And um, it's it it could work, you know, this this kind of volatile presence kind of lingering around. And say what you will about Eric, but that look he gives is really good. Like the look of like yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would so, um, be. Yeah. I, I have no idea where this is going to go, but I think it would be great 
if they never mentioned it again and he never showed up on the show again. I feel like that would be the perfect entourage moment of no continuity. And then the series finale is uh, they like should we check on Dom? Let's go check on Dom. They have it locked in the basement. Like, what are your bricks doing to me? Let me out. Well, save Saved by the Bell used to do that all the time, where they would kind of once in a while introduce these kind of like one-off characters, and instead of writing the character out by the end of the episode, it would be like, hey, so-and-so's brother decided that they're going to stick around for a while, and it like, and it kind of ends on like that cliffhanger, and the person never shows up again. Um, so yeah, that would be hilarious, in like a Saved by the Well, uh, Saved by the Bell, Saved by surrealism the well? sort of way. Saved by the Well sort of way. Uh, alas, that doesn't happen. What else do we need to touch on here? Oh, there's the whole kid who, uh, when Ari sees him at the amusement park, he's with like a crew of other girls and Ari confronts him and the kid basically tells Ari to fuck off. It's a pretty good scene because this is actually like Ari's kind of met his match because he can't like really insult this kid too much. He can't insult him too much. He can't like smack him in the face because he's like eight years old or 12 years old or whatever the hell he is. So yeah, Ari's kind of like in this like impotent place where he can't he can't do anything. He could kind of threaten this kid vaguely, but he really is powerless. And the kid has like all the, you know, uh, all the power in this in this instance. Which is a very good way to kind of frame it. It's something that we haven't really seen Ari in. It's a good, it's a good written situation. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a very well written situation. Um, and you know, we've seen him kind of clash with studio heads and, and his boss and you know, people, adults with some means and some power. But this season, Ari's met his match, he, and he's 12 years old, is how they pitched it. And he is heir to the Cody Banks throne. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty uh, good way of ending that. And how do they actually end that? Like, the kid just says, oh, fuck you, I'm going to continue to see her? Yeah, or? that's pretty much it. And he's like, he was on the roller coaster, and then he's like, sick or something. Which, by the way, nothing yeah. really happens on the roller coaster. They're not doing that much. They go down, and it just goes up and down. There's, like, no twist or turn. Just kind of like a baby roller coaster. Uh, I mean, people people are sensitive to that sort of thing. So that yeah. wasn't... If all of them were like, oh, my God, this is so crazy, I'm puking, then that would be kind of much for me. But there's usually, like, one person out of a crew who just can't do roller coasters. And we should I also mention that. that Dom is sitting next to uh, Ari. Which, who yeah. drew the short song, Rat? That was ridiculous. Well, and, and did you catch what Dom said to Ari when they sat yeah. down together? What kind of fruit name is Ari? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down in my notebook. What kind of fruit name is Ari? Uh, I am sorry, what Dom. Is, say? Sorry, Dom. It's not as classy as Dom. Yeah, it's not as classy as Dom. Um, I don't think Ari had a comeback, did he? No, he was or, too sad. Yeah, I don't think so. Plus, he probably don't want to get punched in the face with this meathead. Right. Uh, Dom also hits on Shauna and her assistant, Kristen. Christina. Who's very weird, because she never really has any lines. I didn't realize she was this much in the series before. She kind of hangs around a while. She doesn't do a whole lot, but she kind of pops in and will occasionally have a line. I don't know if she really is in the series after, like, season three or four, but she's kind of popped in a couple times a season so far. Odd character. Yeah. Eh. Final ratings, final ratings. Final ratings on this episode, out of uh, 12 Kabasa links. I'll give it like 10 or 11, maybe 9. That's, that's pretty high. Uh, it was a pretty you strong episode, it? I liked it a lot. What did you like about this? I thought it was overall pretty funny. Uh, okay. It had introduced some interesting elements into the Entourage universe. 
it didn't execute them well most of the time, but I think it did enough where I'm like, all right, it's pretty interesting on the thematic level. Okay. Well, what'd you think? Uh, I guess I gave it a one. Seven, I guess. It was fine. Seven, Ooh. seven out of 12. High nice. rating, pretty, high praise. It was pretty nice. breezy. Uh, not particularly offensive. And uh, I, I do feel like, it, it, I mean, it was breezy in that it like went by and it ended before it seemed to have begun. I feel like this is almost the first 20 minutes of like an hour long program. Um, okay. But as, as far as that goes, it was okay. Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a good nine or a ten. I thought it really nailed down the, uh, you know, that whole we have this kind of immature, volatile presence from our youth coming back and fucking shit up um, in, in a way that I thought was fairly, fairly true and accurate until, you know, uh, I mean, we're going to see how that pans out. But in a vacuum, uh, I, th I thought it handled that pretty well. I believe yeah. the next episode is the first appearance of the Shrek doll. And the reason I like this episode is Dom reminds me of uh, one of my friends who was kind of like always getting into fights growing up. Even when we were like in our 20s, after we left high school, we were getting, he was getting into fights a lot. He was starting to do with drugs. Uh, and, and the one kind of like beginning, like breaking point where I could sense the group starting to like splinter off from him is when we were like 20, 20 ish, 1920. Um, we all met at this parking lot. There were a lot of hanging out in parking lots in my youth. Uh, we met at this parking lot because this friend, this Dom character in, in my life, was going to fight some guy. And, and we're just watching. We're just sitting there watching. And this fight turns out to be this fucking, like, red wedding ambush where, like, there was, like, two vans of these dudes <laughs> from, like, an inner city, like, boxing us in, boxing all our cars in. And they pour out of these vans and there's just anarchy going on. And, and I'm not embellishing this at all. People were getting hit with bottles. And my, the friend I was with, who had like a, he was kind of like the kid who had slightly rich parents and his parents bought him a new Mustang. I was with him and we get in his Mustang to drive away. And this is how depraved these people who were on the other side of this were. One of the vans, as we're trying to escape, guns the van into this Mustang and totals it. Oh my god. Like, no, no one could escape. It was that serious for these people. And we were huh. all there because of this one friend who wanted to get in this fight. And that's like where, you know, there was like a court case and, and all this shit happened afterwards. I wasn't brought into it. I was just kind of like, you know, a bystander. Well, um, you were, you pretended, you pretended to fall asleep in the back of the Mustang, right? No, he was, he was awake. He was sober. Like, he, no, he you was did. just kind of like. I was to say, that's huh? how you got of it. You pretended to fall asleep in the back of the Mustang. Oh, right. Yeah, I was, I was asleep. No, um, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing came of it with us, but our friend had to go to like court and I think he may have had to do probation or something like that. And that was like where we started to splinter off. So I could relate to small parts of this episode in a, in a, in a real, like a realer than normal way for this show. And yeah, that friend he 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 had a he had a baby with this girl who he banged once, and then now he's doing like crystal meth and yeah. living the dream. So, he's living the dream right now. So is that that's that crystal meth with uh, Frankie Muniz? <laughs> he and Frankie Muniz are living the dream right now. Old Cody bangs um, himself. So that's that. All right, nine, nine should, we, should we play some Ouija? Let's play some Ouija. We'll play the song right now. Play the Weech song. 
don't you start us off with a good question to contact the spirits with? Uh, well, uh, everyone, we should all get down on the floor in classic slice sleepover tradition. And uh, right, I'm gonna need you guys to put your hands on the, uh, the little Ouija tile. And, uh, way ahead of you, buddy. Okay, um, I, I invoke the spirits of the damned and the demons from hell. Scary. Yeah. Satan, our lord and master. Uh, <laughs> aren't. Are Andrew and Eric uh, going to jail for life? For what they've done. Nothing. Nothing's happening. This is, this is baloney. I never believe that. Uh, wait. Wait. Uh, it's moving. Why? Oh, it's probably asking no, why. Like, why are you asking? Oh, yeah, why are you asking? But it's like it's the kid. It's probably a kid spirit. So well, we should like, take our hands. Oh fuck! It's moving again. Moving again. Don't don't go there. Don't go to that one. No, hands are holding. Can't stop. Oh fuck! It's at E. <sighs> it's probably trying to say yeah. That's a bad question. Ask another like, one. Yeah, yeah. That's really uh, yeah bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate sarcasm. Right, that's <laughs> well, it's not moving it to like you know weird places. Oh my god, it's moving. Again. Uh, hold it. Nope. Oh, god damn it. Yes. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Yes, I guess. It now, it's gonna, now it's gonna say something sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna say yes, 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 yes. I guess, I guess it could be like yesterday. I, I don't know what that would mean well, exactly, your, but... Well, put your, shut up. Really well, shut up. Put your hand back in the Ouija piece. It's probably put your hand back on. Let's see where it's taking us next. We're gonna say like, yes, and... The sky is also orange. Yeah. Right? That's what it's, it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be weird. sarcastic. Kind of moving on to, uh, kind of moving on to the period right here. I guess that sort of finishes up the statement. It's weird that this Ouija board has a period on it. Most don't usually come with it. Yeah. Well, this is the bonus the edition. It has, you know, exclamation points. It has wingdings on the other side. Oh. Uh, kind of want to use the wingdings. But that's kind of hard to parse out because it doesn't really Well, I mean, it's not moving but. anymore. It's kind of just staying still. Yes. So, uh, well, so, uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it'll make pros a lot of interesting questions. Oh, boy. There's a lot of spooky spirits going on tonight. We really should have something to defend ourselves with. Right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. I got I got a pitchfork. Will, take this knife. Andrew, you got your thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I got thanks. my uh, bootstrap. That's a nice knife. Good yeah. for stabbing. That's not a knife. This is a knife. I'm, I'm just joking. It's a, boot, <laughs> it's, a boot, it's a bootstrap still. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Croc Crocodile Dandy. Simpsons. Um, I I kind of have to uh, go be alone with my thoughts for a minute in the bathroom, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll see you guys in a second. See you, buddy. Don't think anything more of this fake ass. Fuck this Ouija board. Uh, I don't know. I everything we've tried. He's not. Whoa, guys, what has happened in here? Oh, uh, uh spirits. Oh. They probably didn't like uh, the answer, so they're like, that's not right. Yeah, spirits did it. They didn't. Huh. It's probably the like, spirit of, like, the jokester don't. or trickster or something. Like, Loki. I mean, they generally don't lie about things, so I guess if, you know, I guess you guys are probably telling the truth then. I mean. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, I don't tomorrow. Did you go to the bathroom already? Oh, no, I don't really have to go. Oh, okay. all right. It's one of those things well, you know, we kind of stand there for a minute and, or half yeah. a second. 
stage fright. Half a mil. Um, all right, so uh, I don't know. I got a, I got a turtle tail. It's a spooky one. I uh, hope it's not too scary for you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read this and uh, you know uh, see what you guys think. You guys ready for a Halloween themed turtle tail? Ooh, shiver me timbers. All right, this one is called uh, The Ghost of the Mountain. I wake up in what looks to be the Malibu Mountains, Calabasas maybe. I look toward a blood red sun hanging in a spiteful sky that seems to become darker around it. I feel a throbbing in my wrist. I look down at newly formed handprint bruises. I look around and try to get my bearings. I follow the sunset, true west. I hear the hiss of snakes and the frightened mortal yelpings of their prey. It isn't long before I come upon an old hut. I go inside. The sleepwalking began shortly after I married Melissa. She was sexually ravenous during our honeymoon, but that's all. Since then, she has been a total pill with allowing me to access her blood oven. I've even tried to talk her into having kids, just so I can get my rocks off, but she hasn't budged. No kids until I'm satisfied with my career, she says. Another child right now can really ruin things for me. She's referring, of course, to her daughter Jacqueline that I used to watch when we initially dated until I fell asleep with a blunt in my mouth and set her parents' house on fire. I didn't even want a kid. But I thought that if I said that I did, then she'd think it was nice and she would let me have sex with her. I never expected her to be so, so selfish. The hut smells of burnt cedar. It's almost completely barren except for the figure lying supine on a straw mat. It's an old man with dry flaky skin and a long beard. He sits up, stares straight ahead with milky eyes. He looks like time forgot him, but his bones and skin remembered to decay. I wave my hands in front of him. He doesn't flinch. There's something special in you, son. I can sense it, he says hoarsely. Have you seen the Rose of the Mountain? He finally asks. Seen who, old-timer? I ask. No, you haven't seen her. You will, though. Whatever, I say. You got an iPhone 6 charger? I need to get an Uber. Oh. Surge pricing will be terrible at this hour, he says. Ooh. The oh, old man is I... right. The old man is right. He motions for me to sit down. Sit. Do you have time for a story? Is it about the Rose of the Whatever Broad, I ask? Rose of the Mountain, yes. She is the garden of this here land. Guardian of this here land. Is she with the Parks Department, I ask? No, son. Nothing like that at all. He laughs and continues to laugh for around three minutes. He continues. In the early 1920s, when the Hollywood machine was still quite young, there was a young actress who was desperate to make it in the industry. Her name was Rose. You've heard the story before. Sweet, naive country girl from the Midwest hops on a bus with dreams of stardom. She landed a few minor roles in some RKO pictures, but nothing ever really took. Until one day, a handsome producer named Chuck Dowd took a romantic interest in her. He was rather charming, and she reasoned that she'd be interested in regardless of his position. And she felt comfortable allowing herself to fall for him. If he happened to want to help her along in her career, well then, obviously, she wouldn't refuse. So they were married and helped her he did. She enjoyed some mid-range success in the early studio pictures that had never been archived. That was enough for her. She was making a tangible living doing something she enjoyed. If she wasn't the next Louise Brooks, Greta Garbo, or Andy McDowell, well then that was okay. What did bother her is the distance she felt growing between her and her increasingly busy and distant husband. She wrote the distance off to increase productivity in what we've come to understand as the golden age of Hollywood. Their enemies' intimacy suffered as well. Chuck not so much caressed her shoulders or jacked off onto her for months when curiosity caused her to look into it. She followed him home. She followed him home from work one day, out of Studio City and west onto the 101. She kept her distance until he cut south through Topanga Park, 
He parked, looked around, and walked into the mountains by himself. She followed him. The old-timer stops abruptly, sniffs the air. Search pricing should be over. I'll tell you where you can find a phone. Wait a minute, I say. What happened to Chuck and Rose? He pauses. Is he smiling? People say they killed each other. Chuck was never seen again, alive at least. Some say that Rose roams these mountains. I feel chills in my neck. The old-timer sketches a map by hand points out a large X he has drawn. Take the trail 90 paces and make a left. You'll come across a cabin by nightfall. It has a phone. I don't need a phone. Uber is an app, you idiot. I can't call them. I just need a charger. He assures me I'll find what I need and sends me on my way. I find myself conscious of another presence in these mountains, but I see nothing. My thoughts drift back to Melissa and I. Naturally, I've been backed up. My vast deference, the duct that transports sperm from the testicles through the urethra, is like a crowded subway car, and any stop will do. Ever since we moved in together, beating off is like is very difficult for me. When I lived with the guys, I could plop down in any old room of the house and work my stresses away. No one cared. But now, between Melissa and her daughter running around and her parents visiting, I've gone three months without release. This has had a strange physiological effect on me. Women I never given a second glance are suddenly very desirable. The crazy bug-eyed lady with jaundiced skin talking to herself on sunset. The morbidly obese black woman with unwashed hair shouting, Where your titties at? To a prissy white girl on Washington Boulevard. The homely clerk at Rainbow Foods, emaciated and green of tooth. These pigs might as well be supermodels because I'm finding myself as horny as an unfixed terrier looking at them. It's all the same to me at this point. An hour later, I happen upon the cat. It looks like it hasn't been maintained in decades. The sun is gone. The pleasant L.A. climate is gone, replaced by an indifferent chill. I hear a coyote's desperate cry in the distance. I enter the cabin. A massive of sticky off-white smacks me in the face, a spider web. I feel creepy crawlies scurrying every which way, captive flies trying to plead a safety, angry spiders desperately trying to salvage their life's work. I roll onto the floor, slapping at my face and screaming until I'm content they're gone or pulverized. I gather myself. Hello, I shout into the cabin. The only response is an echo that carries on much too long for a house of this size. The wooden floorboards creak ominously. Not wanting to spend any more time than necessary here, I begin rummaging through drawers, looking for a charger. I dump drawer after drawer onto the floor, nothing. I get to the last drawer, moment of truth. I open it. A bat flies out, nearly getting caught in the brim of my Yankees cap. It zips onto another one. Panting, I just about give up when something catches my eye. An iPhone 6, similar to mine, sitting on the coffee table in the front room. I must have walked right, right past it. I press the home button, it lights up. 78% charge. This will do just fine. There's a lock screen. I try some standard passwords. 1234. 4321. L O V E. Nothing. I have two attempts left before the phone initiates a two hour lockout. I try my own password. Turtleboy69. Nothing. One shot left. I try the only thing that comes to me. R O Z S E. Bingo. It works. Though the interface is completely barren, save for one single icon, an Uber app, I click in and order a car. A countdown message appears at the top of the app. Your car will arrive in 20 minutes. Not bad considering we're in the goddamn mountains. I sit down on the couch. A puff of dust explodes outwards as I do. On the coffee table, I notice a picture frame turned face down. I write it. It's a black and white photo of a man and woman, a man and woman clearly from the 1920s. It's their wedding day. He's in a tux, she's in a white dress. They have that reserved, quiet happiness that seems to adorn most photographs from this era. Is this Rose? That was a good day, the voice says, hoarse but feminine. I nearly jump out of my fucking skin. 
Who's there? I yell. I stand up and scan any corners I may have missed. Nothing. The silence is eerie. I look at my phone. Your car will arrive in 17 minutes. I turn towards the couch, and right where I had been sitting is a woman. Early 30s, good-looking. An ethereal aura of white seems to encase her entire form, but all I can think about is the other aura of white that I would like to encase her in. I push that out of my mind. I'm a married man, and I need to get back home. She gazes at the picture with wistful admiration. I'm sorry, honey, I say. Is this your house? I'm just waiting for a car. It's no bother, she says. Please, sit. I sit on the ottoman across from her, and with my closer look, I realize that I'm looking at the woman from the photo. Impossible, I say. You have to be 100 years old. 118, she says, but I stopped counting. After. After what, I ask. After I died. How did you die, I ask. My husband killed me. The hair on my neck stands up. This is too weird. I look at my phone. Your car will be here in 12 minutes. Close enough, I think. I can wait outside. I stand up. Well, my car is almost here, I say. I don't want to impose on you any further. I'll be on my way. It's no in position at all, she says. Well, all the same, I think I'll sit down, she says. All pleasantness gone from her voice. I look at my phone. Your car will be here in 10 minutes. You have something special inside you, she says. I remember the old timer said that too. I sit back down on the ottoman. Wouldn't you be more comfortable on the couch, she asks. Is she fucking coming on to me? I feel a rumble in my loins, but no. I think of other things. Baseball. My grandma, Danny Glover. I'm okay here, I say. I glance at the phone out of nervousness. Your car will be here in eight minutes. We still have some time, she says, except now she's right fucking next to me on the ottoman. How did you get there, I ask. Does it matter, she says. She smells of vanilla and lavender with a third note of formaldehyde underneath it all. She leans her face close to mine. Her breath is ice cold. The rumble in my loins starts again. What are we doing, she says. I don't know, I say. Her hands are folded across her lap, so it freaks me out when the button and fly in my Jenko jeans begins to come undone. My member is pulled through the piss hole on my boxers by some invisible will or force. Despite my best efforts at self-control, it stands completely erect like a veiny red stump. Her hands are still on her lap, but she stares at it with a red glow deep in her eyes. I feel some sort of grip begin to work me off. It doesn't take long. The moment of release is sad and glorious and pathetic and messy. No controlled bursts of viscous white, which eventually subside to a potent drip to nothing at all, no. In this moment, I am reduced to a pitiful, pubescent fountain in violation of nature's order, arrhythmic and without dignity. Instead of the straight, orderly gobs or strands, I have become an errant faucet, the kind likely to spray anyone nearby, every form under the spectrum of propelled fluid that the various settings on a Windex spout could only begin to approximate. And this will never stop, not until I am dead, because now my seed and my life force are one in the same, and I am tapped out. Every other fluid available to me will be propelled in kind. Jizz, piss, shit, sweat, blood, tears, marrow, broken down organs, until that all that is left is a petrified set of bones and a thin mask of skin. But it does stop. My member's throbbing subsides and it already begins to recede into my belly like a frightened snail. I gather myself and pull my pants back on. I notice Rose has collected my emission into a mason jar which is filled to the brim with grayish-white goop, excess splashing out of the side as she screws the top on tightly. Your car is here, she says. I stand up. I place the phone back onto the coffee table. Well, thanks for everything. I lean in to try to kiss Rose goodbye, but she pushes my head back and shakes my hand instead. She gives me the mason jar. 
Give that to your driver. Baffled, I head outside. A black SUV is idling on the narrow mountain road in front of the cabin. I crawl into the back. Hello again, the driver says. I recognize the voice instantly. It's the old timer. You're an Uber driver? Why the hell did you send me all the way to this cabin? Tell me, son, now have you seen the rose of the mountain? He asks. I have, I say. I think you have something for me, the old timer says. I give him the mason jar. I don't understand why you need that. He unscrews the top. Like I said when I met you, he says. You have something special inside. He drinks deeply and vigorously. Fluid dribbles out of the corners of his mouth and down his face into his beard. Once he's finished, he he upturns the jar entirely and taps the unturned end as orphan droplets fall into his gaping maw. He He reaches two fingers into the jar and spoons whatever remains into his mouth. He, he lurches. He, he, lur- he lurches forward and becomes completely still. Are you okay? I ask. No response. And then the inside of the SUV becomes enveloped in blinding light. I hear groans of the old timer from the front seat. Then I hear nothing. The light finally subsides. The old timer exits the car. Except now his limp is gone, and he moves with the grace of a much younger man. He comes around and lets me out. His bald head is now covered in beautiful dark hair. His beard has been replaced by a smooth face with the full features of a 1940s actor. His being is surrounded by the same heavenly white glow that Rose had possessed. It is in this moment that I recognize him as the man from the photo. Chuck Dowd, I say. He nods. You see, after we married, I was experiencing a terrible depression before we had doctors and vocabulary for such a thing. I would come here to clear my head and hunt mountain cats. One night, I heard something flanking me from a thicket of trees. I fired into it. It was Rose. For generations, I've lived in these mountains, hoping for a miracle to come, come as spelled C-U-M, and reunite with the woman I loved, the woman who just wanted to be close to me, the woman I accidentally killed. I was able to sustain her spirit, but we could never truly be together, not until now, and I have you to thank. He gives me the keys of the SUV. He nods and glides towards the cabin. I get behind the wheel and watch as Chuck knocks on the cabin door. It opens. Rose, stunned, overwhelmed, embraces Chuck. Their hug seems to last forever. I think of Melissa. They finally break off and turn to me. They wave, smiling. I wave back. They go inside and close the door. I start up the SUV and wipe the tears from my eyes before I check the side view mirror and merge onto the mountain road. Scary, scary, right? Uh, scary stuff. Fucking frightening. Scary. Will, you, Will, you're, you're, you're yawning. You didn't think that was scary? Oh, it was a good story. Well, I was like jumping the whole time. You were just like fucking snoozing. Andrew, it was pretty scary, right? Oh my god. Oh, I can't breathe. Oh. Well, I, I, I thought I thought Will would have been more scared than this. I don't. I'm kind of at a loss right now. Well, don't don't you feel good. so scared that you think you might side with us? Oh, wait. Uh, did I say that right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, you know, I have some, some, you know, I have an ethical code that I kind of abide by. And, well, say and, you know, you well, to say we're guilty at this point. I mean, you guys, you did a bad thing. You did a very bad thing. You know, I think you guys, you really deserve to be punished. For what? And, and what? We, what did we do? Well, I mean, you've reached a contract, 
killed a guy. I mean, <laughs> who did we kill? We didn't kill anyone. Who did we kill? Uh, you killed that guy. What was his name? Bygone. Bygone. It, yes. We did a toast. Andrew did a toast. I did a toast. Brian we did a toast. Toast to the bygone. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure about this one, guys. I think you're you're going to jail. Uh, just as my lord Satan has informed me for perhaps the rest of your life. Well, we don't have to go if you do the right thing. Yeah, we'll do the right thing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to rat your guys' asses out. Oh, my God. Did you hear this? This potty I'm, mouth? Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. God damn it. <sighs> go to the bathroom ball. Also, Dick Devilbird going to pay me a million dollars. Sorry. I, yeah, I really do need to go to the bathroom. <sighs> well, go to the bathroom. We'll, we'll be here, I guess. We'll be hey here. Guys. Jerking each other off, you know what I mean? <laughs> Funny. So, what? I thought I thought that turtle tail would do, would put him over the edge. I I was reacting. I mean, it wasn't scary at all. I was trying to make it feel better. Oh, I thought I thought you thought it was scary. No, it's not scary at all. It was very very boring. Fuck. Well, that's all right. So I didn't I didn't want it to come to this, but I have a fail safe in the trunk of my car, and if we burn through this and he's not convinced, then. I'm out, but I didn't want it to come to this. I think we should go out to my car. I gotta show you something. Let's just go to the car real quick. Let me open the trunk up. And voila. Why is there a person in the trunk? Well, that's that's our fail safe. That's what I wanna show you about. Hey, are you are you awake? Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hang on, hang on, she can let me just rip the tape off. You didn't have to do awake? that. There was a whole cut in the tape. Why did you uh, do that? That makes no sense, Eric. Why don't you introduce yourself Eric. to my friend, Andrew? Hello, Andrew. Hello. My name is Bo. Hello, Bo. My name is Andrew. Hello. I hope you don't mind that I've been eating this meatball sub in the back of your car for six hours. It's kind of messy, but it's all right. It's a rental. Almost looks like I blood. I hungry. And it takes a really long time to eat a meatball sandwich when you've got tape over your mouth. Now, Andrew, I've spoken to Bo earlier, and she's on board. If we needed her, she is willing to step in and be a sort of prop to implicate Will in a murder. Oh, right, Bo? I love this idea. Totally. Totally. So sh so we're going to give her this I'm white game. sheet. We're going to give her this white sheet to put on. We're going to go back Jeez. inside. We're going to start the episode up again. We're just going to kind of like re-record some odds and ends. And she's going to come in. She's going to scare us. Will, who has the knife that we gave him earlier, the fake Hollywood <laughs> knife that bends in the middle, he's going to stab her to defend us all. And it's going to turn out that it's not a ghost. It's a person. And now we have this corpse. And we have blackmail evidence on him. So now he ha has no choice but to... Come on How Machiavellian of you! It's genius, right? Can't miss. All right. Now we're Am gonna I getting go inside. SAG credit for this. Well, um, yeah, you're getting SAG credit, and we're gonna we're gonna plug your book, of course, um, as, as we discussed. Uh, and we're gonna go inside, and we are, you know, when, when you're ready, when we're in there, you jump in and you scare the bejesus out of us with this hood on, with this blanket on your head. All right. Okay. Longborn right. songbird. Is that what All the book right. is called? So remember, he's gonna he's gonna come at yes. you with a knife. Knife bends. Okay, it's not gonna hurt you. 
Uh, we just need you to kind of roll with it, you know, play acting. Right, it's all stage and then, magic. Got it. It's all stage. We need you to just fake your death until he's gone, okay. and then we'll come back for you, and we will, you know, we'll 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 deal with our payment, the the you know the sandwiches I owe you, and all that. Everything's all right? gonna be all kidori. Yeah. It's gonna work out perfectly. All right, <laughs> let's go in, and whenever we give you the thumbs up, you come in and you scream. Okay. Well, should we make it sound like go like bop bop? Like, oh, boogie, boogie, boogie. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. Boogie, boogie, woogie. That's good. Boogie, boogie, woogie. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So Don't say do put on let's your boogie shoes, though, even though I know you want to. Don't say that, though. Don't say what? Don't p- say put on your boogie shoes, because that's not scary. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, you uh, going outside? Are you just hanging out? Or where, where'd you guys go? Uh, oh, yeah. Just we were, looking at uh, the stars. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, smoking cigarettes. Looking at the stars. Yeah, stars, oh, too. That's nice. Ryan's belting season this year. Yeah, the uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can really see it. You guys want uh, some more Mr. Pip or. Oh, yeah. Crack me open the pib, babe. Oh. Oh, my God. Well, you've been saying this place wasn't haunted, but I. I, Do you hear that? Uh, It's outside. It's outside the door. Oh, my God. You don't. That's not the plumbing. That's not the. That is right outside. Oh, it's getting closer. Guys, I hate you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Will, save us. Ah, this knife, this fake knife you gave me is working. No, no, I think you got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's bleeding. No, no, wait. I better take out his kneecaps instead. No, no. No, no. Oh my god. Oh my god. Alright. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is good. Sweet firepower. Are you guys? No gun? Did you know he had a gun, Eric? Yeah, I. I've no strapped 24/7, guys. Oh Feel naked without my Glock, guys. All right. You know. This is, um, this is a problem. No, 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 no. Will, this wasn't a monster. This was. This is a friend of mine. Oh. Hang on. Let me take the sheet off. Oh, okay. See? Ah. She's still There's alive. Under there. She's still I alive. We can save her. We can save her. Oh, are you okay? Uh, someone checked my Amazon sales. Huh. It's the writer of Longhorn's song, beautiful Jane Austen-esque novel, Romance for the Ages, and and you shot her in the kneecaps, Will. It was very Kafka-esque, Will. Very Kafka-esque. Well, we gotta get her to a hospital. We gotta, guys. Well, hold on here. Let's not jump the gun, so to speak. What's the gun to jump? I, I we know. need to get. We gotta go now. Well, I, I, I said some hurtful things earlier, and I didn't know you guys were, you know, acting together to fulfill one of my greatest fantasies. You know, I kill authors and take their books and put them on my bookshelf. What? This is perfect. Wait, I'll take this coffee along for a song barrel put on my shelf next to my, uh, you know, next to the spot I have reserved for Stephen King. And, she's not uh, dead though. She's alive. She's still alive. What, what are you saying? Well, I mean, this is a. I think, I think we can really bond here, guys. You guys, if you just finish her off, I feel like this would be a really good moment for our friendship. And I, 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 I got to tell you, I would reconsider testifying against you guys if you just got in at this on me. I don't know. She's alive. Yeah, what do you think? Are you kidding me? How how many people have you killed, Will? Well. I mean, it's a pretty big bookshelf. Here, I'll, here uh, you know, I, I have, you know, uh, uh, David Foster Wallace, uh, 
have. John Kennedy O'Toole. Uh, all, all the greats. Richard yeah. Bachman. Yeah, well, he, he was easy. Oh, Andrew, what, what do you think of this? I mean, he's not going to let us take our draws, but is he? Oh, guys, want to use my gun? Well, I got some rusty saws in the back, too. Guys we'll, we'll, take, really we'll take the gun. We'll take the gun. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll do it. Just, I'm, uh, sorry, sorry, Bob. Do you want me to autograph that first? Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 autograph, yeah, 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 autograph the book autograph. first. That's a good idea. Autograph, letter autograph. So sweet. Wow, the inscription's really nice. It says, to my best friend, Will. Alright, Bone. Well, sorry. Sorry. Thanks I had to for go making this way. me a bestseller. Sorry, I had to go down this way. Alright, let me finish her off. She's still alive. I think we. Andrew, hang on. I, I regret what yeah, I just did. I think, I, think we could still, I think we could still save her. We could, but then. <laughs> I don't want to see no fucking trial. That's it. She's, she's dead. You know, I, this is a special moment. I'm going to crack open the surge. It's just been sitting around for 18 years, and I've been waiting for a special occasion. Here you go, guys. Um, yeah, all right. I guess. Let's toast. Toast to a beautiful friendship, newly consummated. I've never, I've never killed anyone with a gun before. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> a thrill, isn't it? <laughs> Let me know the next time you guys want to come off. I'll, I'll really, we'll really have fun next time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Longborn Songborn? Longborn Songbird. I I can't do this. I can't do it either. We we shouldn't do it. I'm gonna need you guys to amp up your energy a little bit. Oh I can't I can't do this well. This is pretty precious advertising space. Um let me read you the the quote that adorns the back of the book. Someday, some lark is going to spell you for song. Well, Darcy, she'll call you with music. And you'll be good as good as lost. In the autumn of 1949, young millionaire Will Darcy comes to the sleepy backwater town of Meriton, South Carolina, <laughs> to visit his, <sighs> visit his best friend, Charles Bingley. When Darcy becomes enchanted by a local beauty with a heavenly voice, his business dealings with Longbourn Farms may close the door to his romantic hopes before they are given a chance to thrive. Hey, uh, you know, Eric, you're kind of an author yourself, aren't you? Huh? Right? You've written some stuff, right? Uh, no, uh, it's just jerking around. It's more just masturbation. I don't consider myself oh, no? a real writer. No, not really. Well, oh. that's too bad. Guess that leaves more room on my bookshelf. Oh, Jesus. Longborn Songbird's available on Amazon right now. Uh, just look it up. Buy it to your Kindle device. Enjoy. You know, we really are the best friends, you guys. The best of friends. 
I got milk coming out my dick. <laughs>